review it, defend it, explain it, visit it, listen to it all. Welcome to oh, Review It Yourself, a podcast with more sides and a Michelin star restaurant, as if I've ever been to one of those. Outside of the regular solo Review It Yourself episodes, guests will join me too, defend their favourite bad film, explain something in their, their own country, for example, American football, not proper football. There's someone from the north of England just doesn't understand. Check out the new Visit It Yourself video podcast, Spotify only at this point, where we explore battlefields in northern England. Now you can review it yourself. Yes, the podcast is finally starting to live up to its name. Email a review to reviewityourselfpodcast at gmail.com. Contact us on Instagram, reviewityourselfpodcast2021. Let us know on Twitter, if you still have that, at yourselfreview. Send your review of a film that I've covered or that I haven't covered, and I'll read it out during a future episode. Oh, review it yourself. New episodes every Monday morning. Because what better pick-me-up than a podcast which contains no politics, no pandering, and has no point. Welcome everyone, welcome to oh, Review It Yourself. Paisley from Learn German Through Music Podcast has joined me once again. Thank you, Paisley. Nice to have you back. Thank you for having me back. Well, you're welcome. I have a feeling for yourself and for anybody listening, if you've had a bit of a rough day, this isn't the podcast for you. Like, go to one of my other episodes or go and check out Paisley's brilliant podcast, learn a bit of German. This isn't going to be much fun. I mean, it might be. I, don't, I mean, it's not... <laughs> I mean, it will be fun, but it's not going to be kind of, it's not going to be uplifting. That's all I can say. This isn't the kind of, oh, I've had a really rough day. I'll put this on light and mass spirits. It's not, it's not going to do that for you. We're, <laughs> we're, I must explain why I'm saying that. We're reviewing All Quiet on the Western Front, the 2022 film, which funnily enough, Paisley, was directed by the same guy who did Deutschland 83. So how's that for coincidence? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the one I still need to look at. Well, I mean, it was only a couple of days ago I, I mentioned it, so I, I don't hold it. <laughs> so it starts it's off the definitely film. on my list. Oh, it's it's great. I need to go back and watch it, to be fair. But uh, so All Quiet on the Western Front, it's an adaptation of the book, um, the original book. It's it's not a remake of the 1930s film or the 1976 film. It's an adaptation of the novel. Um, I think it's been done through Netflix and uh, that kind of thing. It's the first German language film, and it's quite rare because the Germans don't really do. I mean, they've done a few war films. Don't get me wrong. You know, there's like Das Boot, Stalingrad, but a film like this that looks at the First World War in particular, which is a rather forgotten war in Germany. If I'm if I'm not wrong in thinking. Paisley, sorry, I should have. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I, I mean, I know during the the it, during the hundred year anniversary, so twenty fourteen to twenty eighteen, there was a lot went on in Britain. A lot of, a lot of events. There was the beautiful um, display at the Tower of London with all the, a poppy for each soldier that was killed. Whereas Germany did, really didn't do much, if at all. It, it's, mind you, I think Germany is quite a forward looking country to be honest. Mm, Understand, yeah. understandably so. Um, where they don't come, I mean, 
yeah we can get we can get into all that but anyway <laughs> um <laughs> the the film starts off very bleak almost black and white at times um there's not a lot of color in it uh, it starts off with these fox cubs with their mother and the rain and the thunder i thought that was an interesting start i don't know if it's taken directly from the novel i'm not entirely sure but i don't remember no i'm not sure either it's been um, so long since i've read it I think I read parts of it in school, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it obviously an English uh, adaptation of it, transition. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's then it changes. There's just this really bleak overhead shot. There's just dead everywhere, uh, French, Germans, you name it. Um, there's a German soldier, Heinrich. He's crying. And he he drops his weapon. He's just a kid, really, um, and then he charges forward with his trench tool. Um, and basically plants it in someone's chest, and then it cuts. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty bleak opening. Um, mm-hmm. I thought, oh, wait. it's one of those openings to a film where you think, oh, okay, this is not going to be, this is going to be bleak. I don't know how you felt about the opening, Paisley. Um, No, I, th- I mean, <laughs> it's kind of hard to say how you feel about the opening of a brutal war film, I suppose. <laughs> um, I mean, I, overall, I thought it was excellent. And uh, I believe uh, Powell was the name of the the young man you follow through most of it. Yeah, so the, yeah, that's right. So the beginning part yeah. is uh, the guy called Heinrich. And then we find out he's been killed. We don't mm-hmm. see him get killed. Um, but what this film does is it adds in certain parts that were in the book so it follows the politicians the the, the generals um of the german government the new german government because obviously they'd overthrown the kaiser at this point while well, he'd abdicated um so they had the what were they called the the the, the not the right government that's wrong the, uh, the the kind of the german government it wasn't the weimar government at this point um and you see them all and there's other scenes where they're, they're kind of crying over all these bodies and uh, that uh, there's some very bleak imagery in here. Mm. Um, they're basically recycling um, the 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 uniforms, the boots, the sewing up bullet holes, and this is how we meet Powell. I think I mean you'd say Paul in English, but it's Powell in this, isn't it? Yeah, um, Powell. And he's uh, he basically gets Heinrich's name in the back of the shirt, and he kind of he runs back and says, "Oh, I've got somebody's uniform." And the guy goes, oh, it's probably probably the wrong size. And rips out the tag and drops it on the floor. And you see the shot of the floor and there's just tags of names all over it. Mm. And to, I've missed a, quite a vital scene at the beginning where they're given, they're German school kids. They've, they've just finished. And I think it's the headmaster. I think it's maybe the headmaster who's given them this talk about you're going to go and fight for the fatherland and, this, I mean, it's 1917 at this point, so the war's mm-hmm. been going on for quite a while. Um, so in, in both Germany, Britain, and around the world, the France, and we knew at this point it was it was very, very rough. Britain had brought in conscription for the first time in its history by this point. The Germans were losing men hand over fist. The French were, were you know, were, uh, who were really, really um, taking a, a pasting as well, because people, that's the thing with films, People often think that the the, the Western Front uh, were in the First World War was, you know, British. But to be honest, I mean, the, the, the line was something like, oh, how long was the line? 300 miles or something like that from 
um, from the top of Bel- from like the Belgian coast all the way down to, I think, Switzerland or something like that, all the way down, all the way through France, all the way through the countries. Um, so it was about 300 miles or something like that. And the the French had, I think, 200-odd. I don't think the British ever had over 100 miles of the line at any point. I don't even think they had that. So it really was fought kind of by the French. And it was it was nice. It's not the right word. It, I suppose it was nice to see the French in a film like this because really they they bore the brunt of it. They, they lost millions of men, really. Oh, see. Sorry, I've just, I, I must explain. Sorry, Paisley. I've just about a month ago been in a battlefield tour of, of uh, France and Belgium, the Western Front. So if, if it sounds like I'm rattling a lot of stuff off, this is off the oh, top no. of my head from, from what I learned. So by all um, means, I'm sure you know more on the topic than I do. I do my, I, I try, I do my best. Um, <laughs> so, you, you know, when you say the British, you, you've got, you know, you've got people from England, Scotland, Wales. Um, it's, it's the Republic of Ireland at this point. You've got you've got people from I mean today it's the Commonwealth but back then it would have been the Empire so you've got people from India you've got Sikhs you've got Gurkhas you've got Canadians the Americans aren't in it at this point uh, but the they're on the way um, the Russians have kind of pulled out by this point with the whole Bolshevik Revolution um, what was I going to say yeah so there's there's, there's lots of there's a big mix in there, but this film is primarily just Germany and the French that you can see, really. You, you don't see anybody else apart from that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sorry, Paisley, I went on a bit there, didn't I? Um, <laughs> oh, no worries, no worries. And I thought it was, um, I don't know if you got this impression too, but uh, the French almost seemed to be portrayed in almost a bad light in this film. At least that's the way I, I kind of got the impression. I'm like, wow, the, the French are not coming off very well in this. And I'm like, well, that's not very fair. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think I think because at this point you, you could be because this is the First World War. This is, you know, it's not the Second World War. There's not the connotations on Germany in the First mm-hmm. World War that there were in the Second World War. That's all I'll say on it. So really the Germans at this point, you could watch the film and really feel quite sorry for them. They're losing 40,000 men every couple of weeks. That you know What this film doesn't show is that by the end of the war, so a year later, Germany was in revolution. People were starving in the streets. Um, soldiers were getting out of the trenches and just deserting. I think they mentioned that at a certain point. Um, but to be fair, the, the French were invaded. The Germans come in with, I think, the Schieffeln plan, which was supposed to swing up through Belgium and take Paris and end the war. It doesn't work out that way. It becomes a stalemate, but the 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 whole part about it is that the French have been invaded, and I made a note when I was um when I was writing it, uh, when I was re- watching the film, sorry, and it was basically about the French, was that they they're being asked for an armistice, and the you know the you know they're saying oh you got seventy two hours to accept our terms. And the Germans are saying, well, thousands are dying, but we need to finish this as quickly as we can. But the Germans have attacked Fran- France. The French are in no mood to be dictated to. You mm-hmm. can see that through, I think it's General Foch. Uh, they're in no mood to be dictated to by the Germans. Like, Hang on a minute. You attacked us. Millions of men have died. And now you're telling us, oh, because you're losing more men than, than we are, You want now you want to stop. 
Well, mm. you, you, so, so you can understand the anger from that point. But yeah, the French don't come across as very sympathetic, but mm. in the context of the war, that they wouldn't be. I mean, Fra- uh, a lot a lot of France was virtually destroyed by all the just because of all, you know the the shelling and everything. Um, I did that. This was something that was added into the film. Uh, it's not in the book, where it shows this is where you see the actor that you were really looking forward to seeing, Paisley. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> think- Daniel Bruhl. That's the guy. Uh, he was a producer yeah. on this, and you get the feeling he was kind of putting it in a role so that he, so that he, it, sometimes it helps get the film made, doesn't it? Um, but apparently, this is Netflix's most expensive German film uh, ever made, which I mean, you can understand because I mean, it's, it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's very, very spectacular, very grand scale. I think it's a disgrace it's not been put in cinemas. I think it's been put in cinemas somewhere but nowhere near me I, I couldn't find anywhere that it had been put in cinemas although mm. it does advertise that um but yeah like you said the, the french don't look very sympathetic but you you can understand um but there are foreshadowing i don't know if, if you noticed the foreshadowing from the germans particularly daniel brewer's character he plays um an Matthias uh, erzberger yeah who was a german diplomat who's son had been killed in the war he's a historical character Mm-hmm. Um, he basically was trying to negotiate not just with the French, but also with the German generals who are very much like, no, we we want war, uh, mm-hmm. we, we, you know, because at this uh, the point that Germany surrenders in 1918, or besides the armistice, should I say, there, there's no, I, I, I think one part of Germany, but only a very, very small part of it. Uh, I think the French are on in the south of Germany somewhere, but all, all across the line, they, they aren't, there's no boots on German soil. So the feeling that they've kind of stopped and gone, we, we, we're done. This is where, I can't remember the German term for it. I wonder if you know it. It's the stabbed in the back myth comes from. I think there's a name for it, but I can't remember what it, what it was. Mm-hmm. I thought I'd written it down. Anyway. Don't know offhand. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, was there anything else that, that came across to you whilst watching it about how any of the particular sides came across? Uh, um no i just kind of i guess that was my first my one and only uh thought on how the portrayal was uh, you know that the french almost came off as a little bit mean sounds maybe silly in the context of a war film but you know obviously uh i mean that's entirely just felt that was a entirely unfair i'm like wow they're you know they are literally fighting in France right now. <laughs> you know, I guess I felt they should be should have been portrayed just slightly more sympathetically. But yeah, that that general was taking nothing off of uh, nothing off of the German delegation in the uh, in the scene where they're signing the truce. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's just like yeah, yeah. Well, you know, your problems are your problems. <laughs> yeah, these are lo- he, <laughs> he says something about the, these are losers' <laughs> problems, not, not <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, but it, it's a valid point. It's it mm-hmm. I do, you know, I think um a lot of people who, who might watch this might not have as much historical, you know, it, it, understanding of the situation as I have, not saying I've got a lot, mm-hmm. but more than your average. So I think that might be the way it comes across, and people might think, oh. Was that a bit harsh? Or, but it, it's interesting. I mean, there's an awful sense of foreboding all the way through the film. 
And mm. just the part where they say, oh, we, we will suspend hostilities in six hours. I was thinking, what are you waiting six hours for? Mm. Like, do you want you to stop it now? But, I mean, I think there was... Um, I suppose that's just the logistics of getting yeah. the message out. Yeah, and a lot of... Yeah, of course, but and a lot of mistrust. Uh, in fact, the Germans kind of... Well, a German general launches an attack pretty much 15 minutes to, to the armistice. He's like, oh... Um, I did look to see whether this was historical. I, I do know that the attacks were launched pretty much right until the end. There's um, I can't remember where where I listened to it, but there's a recording that they did of the moment the war ends. So you hear all these explosions going off, and then when it hits eleven o'clock, the explosions just stop, and it you just get silence. And it's a very eerie recording to listen to. Mm. I think it was only discovered a few years ago. Um. So if anybody gets the chance to listen to that, go and listen to it because it's very, very eerie just to hear that from all these explosions to just silence. You know, and you get that with with uh, his German, uh, Paul's German friend, the uh, cat, who says, uh, I, I thought I'd gone deaf because they know things are kind of coming. Well, things have pretty much ended and then this general decides to launch this last attack because this French town, or well, probably not even a town, probably just a few bits of brick at this point, uh, should belong in German hands, and it's... Yeah. I, d- I did think, watching it, it, it did have an aspect of the idea that there were these generals that were really safe, and they were just launching all these attacks, and they didn't mm. really care about, about, about their men. Definitely. I noticed the juxtaposition of, you know, the generals sitting in luxury, discussing the war while eating good food, and they're in the warm and the comfort and in rather rich trappings. And then, you know, they would go between those scenes and the scenes of the soldiers in the trenches, just covered in mud and filth. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Very effective. It was. I mean, there's the bit where I think the, the German diplomat played by Daniel Brühl, I mean, he gets, the train comes to a stop and he gets a bit of urine on his shoes. And I thought, that's the worst that you're going to have to put up with. Um, and then you've well, got... Well, that and losing his son, I suppose. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we don't Fair find enough. out until later on, do we? Um, no, not quite. Yeah, it does come a little bit later. <laughs> but yeah, it's... I mean, I don't know if I felt that was a, a little heavy-handed. If, I mean, I don't know. Um to me, it felt a little bit too in my face, but about, about that difference, because although, I mean, you can only put so much in a film, but by, but by this mm-hmm. point of the war, that both sides had realised that getting out of your trench and marching towards the enemy slowly was not going to get you anywhere. So that's why in the film you see soldiers running. Uh, mm-hmm. the, tank, the tanks had come along, which absolutely terrified the Germans. Oh, and that scene where the tank goes right over the trench. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, yeah. Um, I mean, you've got some really horrifying scenes in here. Uh, mm. It was the scene, and I'm not going to describe it, but the scene with the flamethrowers, I think is all I'll say. Oh, my I God. Was, I literally oh. went, oh, I remember saying out loud, I was literally like, oh, this is not an easy watch. It. Mm. It's just horrendous. Um, yeah, it was just... Yeah, that was brutal. And there's very, I mean, there's no kind of, there doesn't seem to be much prisoner of war um going on by by any side you know mm-hmm. it's 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 a very it's it's, it's a very kill brutal be killed. yeah yeah it's uh yeah it's 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 like i said horrendous um 
starts in northern Germany in um, spring 1917. That's that's where you meet the uh, you meet the schoolboys, and they slowly but surely, um, you know, they 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 die slowly but surely one by one. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that scene Except where for the lucky fellow who runs off. <laughs> Which guy was that? I can't remember the character's name, um, but the um, young man, while they're sort of taking a slight break from the war, and the two girls with the cart go by, and I think it's Crop is sort of saying, oh, we should go talk to those girls, and then the one guy just kind of casually walks up to them, and then the next thing they know, he's just wandering Oh, I was going to... All their faces drop. Well, he's like, no, he's, he doesn't. Oh god, this is gonna be awful. To explain, he doesn't live. That guy comes back, and he's the yeah. one who gives Powell the little white, the woman's handkerchief, and then he gets mm. killed. He gets killed off screen, um, and I think it's Cat or one of the other characters gives Powell this, uh, yes. which then when Paul dies, spoilers, it ends up with this other young soldier. Mm. Um, I mean, there's there's just some horrendous, um. God, that word's going to be used a lot. But I mean, just in the really quiet moments of uh, take, you know, getting going around and taking people's dog tags, or identification mm. tags. I was going um, to mention that just the the tag collecting scenes. Yeah, <laughs> so simple but so effective. And mm-hmm. I mean, the scenes where where the the German lines are being shelled and these young boys just can't cope with it. One of them mm-hmm. runs out and gets blown to pieces. The others are screaming. What one starts doing. Something that you know you generally only see toddlers doing when they're kind of going through that kind of phase of head banging, like literally mm-hmm. banging their head off, off, off yeah. you know, the sides of this bunker. Um, yeah, it's it's not you know men fighting, trying to drown each other in mud. Very, very well done. Um, mm-hmm. Really, really, really I mean, portrays the trauma. Yeah. Well. Oh yeah, the main character—he looks at my pal. Looks absolutely shell shocked. Oh yeah, I mm. mean that scene in the shell hole between him and the French soldier, which we won't describe either. Mm. Uh, we don't need to. Anybody who's seen the film, we don't. You don't. You don't. We don't need to go into into the specifics of it. But that scene with the French soldier, uh, when he's he's just. It, I watched that scene and thought mentally, you're just you're gone. You've absolutely gone. Um, mm. And it's that thing of you know when him and Cat have that discussion of. Well, they're the lucky ones, the, the people who have died. They're out of it now. They're at peace. Because mm. that's something that... To, there was a point in this where I thought they were going to leave Powell alive. Because we, the classic ending, I think, in the book, does he try and get a... follows a butterfly in a no-man's letter later, and he gets shot um, uh, right at the end of the war. I, think that's, I thought they might leave him alive to make a point upon the people who were, who were left, how... They might have survived, but they were never the same. Mm. Um, there was people, uh, I, I wrote um, uh, kind of an, an essay, an assignment on this university about, about the disabled veterans that came back and what help the governments gave them. Uh, Germany gave a hell of a lot better than than um, than were given in Britain, for example. Um, and I thought they were going to kind of leave them alive to show that shell shock and how he survived, but might it have been better if he died, but they d- they didn't in the end. But you know that scene with with his friend where his friend decides um, it's better off to die than live. Uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, you know uh, as somebody who's uh, he does he uses a word we wouldn't use now, but he doesn't want to live. Um, 
as an invalid would be a better way of putting it. He doesn't mm. want to be a burden. Um, and he, he just he'd rather die, so he makes sure he dies, which is again quite a quite a shocking um quite a shocking scene. But it's just, mm-hmm. it just shows this degeneration of the characters from they they start off being this, you know, they're so excited, the, the innocence of youth, the, mm-hmm. the shouting and cheering and like, you know, uh they haven't processed well they they can't actually imagine what it means to to try to kill and to try to survive when people are trying to kill you they're just you know it's it, i don't think it's something certainly that most people can really comprehend until they're in it certain and uh yeah it just the excitement and the which is you know a little sick in itself the excitement of these boys who are about to go off to war it's you know they're they're overjoyed by the fact that they're about to go off and kill some people, yeah. And then when the reality sinks in, and you know he just you see Paul go from this you know sweet young kid to just dead in the eyes. And yeah, 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 yeah. It's um it's when the officer says to him at the beginning when he t- he they they do a drill for gas. And mm. he takes the time. Mm. I mean, Gosh. one of his... The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he so he can't moments. win for losing, can he? He's no, but he stops <laughs> to put his friends on. Because this is what I mean. Like, he, he signs up when he's underage. He shouldn't be going. His friend mm. gets signed up. Um, His friend gets signed up, who's clearly got severe eyesight issues, who mm. should not be going there. Because he, I think you were allowed spectacles, but only to a point. Um. I can't remember. I don't know what it was like in the German army, so I might be a bit wrong there. But mm-hmm. you know, his friend needs these glasses, and um, he stops to help his friend get his gas mask on before he puts it on. And the the guy says to him, "You're going to be, you'll be dead before sunrise." And he doesn't say it as a joke. He says, "You, you'll be dead before sunrise." Be- best mm-hmm. go get something to eat. There's going to be quite dark humor in this, uh, this at uh, certain points as as there would be, um, mm-hmm. and it, it almost comes true. He he shoots at something, turns out to be rats eating the body. Um mm-hmm. and uh he, he get the sniper hits his helmet and he has that helmet all the way through um with a bullet hole through it. So the he almost didn't even make dawn mm-hmm. on that on that first day. Um it's and then the guy has a go at him for, for taking his you know for taking so long with his gas mask and that, that comes back later on in that particular scene again another they go to look for this new uh, this new platoon that's just disappeared and they don't know where they've gone. And they're looking through this factory. I mean, that scene was horrible because you just know so they're going to find something horrible, but you, you just mm. don't know what it is. Um, oof. Yeah, that, that scene was... Like I said, sorry, Paisley, it's not the most uplifting of conversations. <laughs> um, no worries. But it, 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 it was a bloody good film because you, you mm. always worry. You, you think, oh, how are they going to do it? And Are they, they going to go all out for the, the action and forget kind of the message because it is an anti-war film there's no mm. there's no there's no arguing against it really um and you what surprised me was just the historical portrayal of how in disarray the german uh, forces were by the end of the war mm. um particularly when the um the surgeon flags down the truck as they're on the way to the line and says right i've got 40 men dying in the mud uh mm-hmm. he's like the guys like, i've got orders he's like you can take your orders you can shove them up your backside yeah <laughs> and the guy's like right out you jump so yeah did, did you find that was there anything that stood out to you that you weren't expecting to see uh, not really um i mean i think 
what we got here is something in the best tradition of war films. Um, I personally like things like, you know, Full Metal Jacket uh, that just, I'm sorry, somebody just knocked on my door. No problem. Don't know why. Okay, I guess I just walked off. Anyway, uh, just, you know, movies in the tradition of Full Metal Jacket where it, it just shows there's no sugarcoating war and there's no making it heroic. It's, you know, it's an ugly thing. It will always be an ugly thing. There, There's nothing heroic about war ever. And I think, you know, this has done a wonderful job of, of you know, portraying it for what it is. It's just an ugly, horrible thing and it should not be glorified. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it starts and ends where it always should have, you know, where before it should have, there should have been people around the table deciding, mm. do, is this really the course of action we want to take? Um, Matthias uh, Erzberger, who's played by Daniel Brill, they have a scene where he, he describes that perfectly, where the, I think the German general says to him, uh, they they should the the soldiers should die with honor, and he says honor. My son died. My son's dead. I don't I don't think he can feel any honor. Mm. Um, and I thought that was such a such a such a good scene. I, w- I will say for anybody uh, listening, I don't know how you watch foreign language films. Maybe you're one of these people who likes to click and listen to the audio when it's dubbed because I think you can't. You do have that option with with Netflix. I would, I don't know what you think, Paisley, but I would implore you massively to listen to the German audio and read the subtitles because uh, you get to hear, you might not understand what they're saying verbally, but you pick up on the way they're acting and the way the tone of their voice, which I think is universal, whether you can understand what somebody's saying or not. Mm, yeah. Emo- the emotions always come through better in the original, even if you don't understand the language. Yeah, absolutely. Although um, I did watch it in German with German subtitles. <laughs> oh, you speak German? Well, I, I, well, I, yeah. I was going <laughs> to ask that. Were you not tempted to... Oh, well, I suppose you could have... So were you just listening to it? Oh, were you using uh, well, it to kind of... Sorry. Well, I usually put on the, the subtitles in case I'm going to miss anything. Because um, even though I do speak German, sometimes, you know, I'd say... In some movies, depending on how clear the audio comes through, I might miss about 10% of things. And I'd say in this, you know, without the subtitles, I probably would have missed about 10% of of the, just because, you know, the audio gets uh, mixed in, the words get mixed in with the background noise. And I'm like, yeah, this is a war film. There's probably going to be a lot of background noise. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of indistinct yelling and yeah, I'm just gonna pop on the subtitles. So. Yeah, there there was a scene I watched. It um, sorry, I didn't mean to jump in. There was a scene no I watched, and obviously I watched it with German audio and English subtitles. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a scene where I think Powell first meet first meets Cat, or it's just after the first met. And there's a mm. there's a part in the trench where I think ah, oh, it's where Cat gives him a piece. It's after the first attack he goes on. I think and Cat gives him the I don't know what it is, some kind of bread roll, a biscuit or something. Um, and he's eating it. Now, in the English subtitles, there was subtitles telling you about a conversation, but it clearly wasn't their conversation because they weren't talking. It must have been the conversation of the people behind them, and it was really off-putting, but it was just that one scene. 
So it would be a bit like if me and you were like Paul and Kat and we were talking and there was somebody in the background going, pick that guy up, get this, do this. That's mm. only meant to be in the background. They subtitled it as if it was me and that really annoyed me. Like, not annoyed me. <laughs> it really, for a second, I thought, hang on it. I thought my my streaming might have gone out of sync because I was thinking, what's going on? Hang on a minute. But that that was the only scene where I had any issues, to be fair. Mm. Um, so Netflix, if you're listening, have a look at that one. But overall, <laughs> fantastic. Um, Make it a little more clear it was background. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought Felix Camera, that's the, the actor who plays Paul, was absolutely outstanding. Mm-hmm. Albrecht yeah. Shush. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. S-C-H-U-C-H. I don't know how you pronounce it in German. Uh, Shuch. I'd say Shuch. Albrecht Shuch. He was fantastic. He played uh, mm. the cat character. Uh, I feel like I've seen him in something before, but I cannot place him. I'm going to take a look, though. Um... Yeah, it's no problem. Uh, Daniel Brühl, of course, has been in a lot, of, quite a few things. Oh, yes, yes. I I, I love him. Uh, Goodbye, Lennon, I think, is the first movie I ever saw him in, and he was wonderful in that. And um, I know I mentioned Joyeux Noel to you, the film about the christmas truce during yeah. world war one and he's just he's wonderful in that and quite liked him in captain america as well ah yes yes he was in that mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah i actually visited um that site where the christmas truce happened oh uh, wow and there's actually oh, this quite you a... must you must check out that film <laughs> it's wonderful yeah i will i uh, i look forward to it because you go there and and people are talking about oh you know there's there's commemorations and there's these big posters of what's going on. There's I don't know why I muted there. There's big uh, <laughs> good time. There's big uh, like post uh, not posters like big signs of the the famous picture of where they, you know the and ever where they're playing football and everyone. I mean they say football, but I I mean I think that might be a bit of an urban myth because it was going to be covered in shell holes. I don't know how you would have played football on it, but maybe mm. someone kicked a football about. But they definitely met in No Man's Island exchange. You know, tobacco and. Uh, Schacheladen and all sorts. So the stuff that terrible attempt at German there. Well, there's a few uh, <laughs> a few things they did share, and it's held up as this. Oh, isn't this great? And, and amongst all this inhumanity, there was humanity, and it's actually well. I mean, when you know the full history of it, it's it's quite depressing because. Sorry, this is not an uplifting episode. I did warn you guys. Um, <laughs> uh, after this happened, the German and the British forces basically said, "If you ever do this again, you'll you you know." You'll be tr- you'll be court-martialed um, uh, for for kind of disobeying orders. That's why it never happens again. It never happens again. It happens in nineteen fourteen, and then it doesn't happen um, after this point. So I always find that's a little bit. It's like yes, it it was a lo- you know a lovely thing. Yes, it showed they were men. Uh, they were they were just men, and you know husbands and fathers and brothers and uncles and everything. But uh, grandfathers maybe but it, it, i still find it quite i don't know it's, it's just when you know that it's a bit like oh what a shame really um mm. i tell you what i am um, i meant to say earlier i've just been looking at my notes the um the the scene where they're sewing the jackets they're sewing the bullet holes in things mm. um and where they're you, washing the yeah, yeah. Did, mm. did you notice that the sewing machines together the big room of them sounded like a machine gun no it's that t- 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 but the whole room of them sounds like a machine gun. That was pretty. 
I did pretty... not, but I love that observation. That's yeah. very good. It was, it was pretty, uh, I thought that was pretty brutal. Um, yeah. The sound in general is very shocking. Again, yeah. that kind of, the, the choice in music is very striking and yeah. very sharp. And it just kind of reminded me a little, again, of Full Metal Jacket, the very drastic music the the score it's it's not subtle at all and it just especially in the beginning i remember in the beginning there's just this constant like zap yeah and it it just puts you on edge immediately and i thought that was that was very effective and kind of like giving you the physical sensation that probably like every noise these soldiers are hearing is just as intense and and just you know it it kind of fills you with nervousness right yeah. right from the start. Yeah, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I wasn't sure about the music at the at first because it there's parts of it where it feels very modern. Um, it is I, very modern, yeah. but you know I remember Full Metal Jacket at the time was was also kind of the same. It was very jarring and very noticeable and kind of very modern sounding but incredibly effective at just kind of making you feel tense oh yeah yeah it's it's uh very very tense like i said it grew it grew on me mm. um i mean there's and, and the the dialogue as well like there's there's you could probably watch this film without any you could probably watch it without any subtitles and still gather what they were saying there's not an awful mm. lot of dialogue for a film that's i mean over two hours two and a half hours mm-hmm. or two hours 20 something like that two hours 28 minutes or something i think it is um there's not an awful lot of speaking in there there, there really isn't um mm-hmm. compared to other things and there's just some wonderful lines in there uh just after they've got in the in the trenches i think his his friend is saying oh my my mother she said be careful what you eat and he <laughs> yeah. thought and you, it was just such a wonderfully simple and like naive line to find yourself amongst all this where you know eating something would be the least of your worries you know the, the mm. scenes where um the scenes where i think cat and powell get back to their own lines after an attack and they both pick up these buckets of water and drink them and they're absolutely filthy um mm. but those are buckets of water for the machine guns to cool them down um mm-hmm. Uh, or like where Paul is uh, helping the soldier in the trench and he puts the cloth in that that water and the, the muddy, awful water that's full of blood and probably gunpowder and all kinds of things. To, yeah. And then helps the soldier drink that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's the scene mm. where he, he advances across no man's land and he's stepping in puddles of, of just blood. There's just no water, there's just blood. Mm, um mm-hmm. and, and each each time they step the the red just kind of blossoms up and oh yeah. uh just gave me the chills yeah it oof. um you know that scene where the shelter caves in and they, they end up digging paul out i mean he's on <gasps> i mean he's just you think he's dead and, and he's he, lying next to his yeah he's lying next to his friend there in mm. pieces yeah well it's that scene where he finds his friend he finds his friend's glasses first and you think oh god then he mm. finds what's left of his friend and, mm. you know, unbuttons his tunic to get his dog tag. And then he's just sobbing, doing up the buttons as mm. if. And I, and I think that's something that later on, it shows how much he's changed because 
I think people get killed and he just continues. There's nothing you can do. Whereas mm-hmm. that first, you know, his first friend he sees get killed, he's very kind of, he's very upset by it. Not, well, not that he's not upset by those, but he's very visibly shaken by it and takes the time to say, kind of say as much of a goodbye as you can. But really, there's, later on, he just keeps going because it, there's nothing you can do. Um, mm-hmm. There's just scenes that I've never seen in a World War One film before that really I thought that is, you know, the way they're washing the clothes shows the scenes where they're burying soldiers in coffins and how very much it's like, right, there's a lot there and things like that. It's been the big bod, the big pile of the soldiers that are there. and Yeah, it's not, it's bleak. It's very, very bleak. It's very uh, bleak. It's yeah. not your feel-good film. No, uh, mm. not at all. But for somebody who's interested in history or Germany, uh, or the futility of war, or even just you know, if you think, oh, Netflix has got another film out, I wonder how they're doing because I know there's a lot of scrutiny on kind of Netflix originals or things like that. Um, oh, it's yeah, excellent, it is it's absolutely excellent. brilliant because I'd seen, I'd seen reviews before I watched this, you know, kind of preview reviews from critics saying how, and I always take what critics say with a pinch of salt because who's asked them to do it and have they received any money for it, and yada yada yada. Um, but they were all saying how brilliant it was. And I was thinking, I hope, you know, I hope it is. And when I saw it came out on Friday, I thought I'm going to have to watch this. I didn't watch it on the Friday night because I was, I was tired and I thought there's no point watching this when you're tired. So I watched it on like Saturday morning mm-hmm. into the, into the afternoon. Um, so it, it was a cheerful um, start to your day. Yes. Wasn't it just, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh and I yeah. watched it before I went to bed in oh, despair. God. Oh my god! Oh god. <laughs> it's good to say I probably wasn't the best thing to to, to dream about. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, it was. Um, and I noticed around him, like his friends, like the friend, the the friend who's blonde, um, who the one who goes off with the women, or the uh, I think the French farmers, girls, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, he, his, his friend appears with scars in his face part of the three. They don't explain it. He just has scars in his face, mm-hmm. um, which I quite liked. And the scene, like I was saying before, about having scenes where you've never seen it before in, in a film um, where they, they all get post from home. Um, I thought that was that was quite surprising because it's like a free-for-all, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, I mean... It, then you start seeing like a different social class in Germany, don't you? Between Kat and um, Paul, because Paul's clearly very, I don't know what, upper class or middle upper class, whatever. Um, he's done well in school and will probably go to university and this, that, and the other. Whereas Kat's, you know, is a, he repairs shoes, he's a, he's a cobbler or a shoemaker, or, mm-hmm. and he's basically because Paul's talking about what we'll do after the war and, um, I'll come, you know, we'll have to do something big. And and the, I didn't realise at the start because there's a part when Powell reads his letter to him and I thought at that point, oh, they're just reading each other's letters because I don't, I don't know, I thought, a comfort reason, I don't know, but it turns out he, he can't, I don't think he can read, um, I wasn't say English, he can't, uh, silly, <laughs> he can't read, you know, he can't read German, he can't, he can't, he doesn't read and write very well. Mm-hmm. Um, So I thought that was, that was quite affecting, especially, and then there's scenes that you wouldn't expect, like where they're set on the latrine, which is like a, a log. Uh, which would certainly uh, explain why he's a career soldier. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and he, the, he reads his letter to him and he mentions about he lost his son to the pox and things like that so it's oh my gosh yeah yeah that was that was and it was is it, it was so interesting they're they're affected so deeply by that it's it's almost like gosh you know the civilian world shouldn't be having any tragedy in it it's kind of their only lifeline to nor normalcy and i think it just seems to very profoundly affect everybody when they they learn of that news happening happening outside of the context of the battlefield. Yeah, because how on earth how was quite remarkable. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Yeah, because how how would you how on earth if you were in a situation like that could you equate to thinking life was normal somewhere mm. when you're amongst the midst of all that? And don't get me wrong, soldiers didn't spend you know months and months and months on in the front line trenches. There was reserve line trenches and. They got taken to various places for you know rest and recuperation in villages and then sent back. Um, and they so, show that in the in the film for yeah, a little bit. Yeah, which is which is again good because I think there's this um there's real attention to detail. Oh yeah, I was I was very impressed by that. Um I mean it's a German made film and I I'm yet to see any particularly bad ones maybe i've not seen many but um, i'm mm -hmm. sure there's bad german films as there is any other film but uh, any other country film but I, I did expect it to be good in that respect i thought if the germans are finally um or if a group of german filmmakers i should say are, are finally broaching this subject they're going to do it in a way that's very respectful um and kind of because you're very you, brutally honest too yeah, i think yeah. That's one thing you can certainly say about, um, well, certainly about how Germany discusses and looks at World War II. Um, I'm definitely not as familiar with, uh, you know, Germany discussing or thinking about World War One, but they're brutally honest about World War II at any rate, and I would not have expected any any less of an honest and, uh, and as I said, brutal. Um, treatment of of this war either yeah yeah it's, it's another good point it uh mm -hmm. yeah it's uh there you go doors opening um yeah ha, you know this idea of having to well i think cat says it doesn't he about having to return home and trying to be this normal person what you know where everyone mm -hmm. keeps coming up to you and asking you about the battles you've been in whereas in reality when they go back to germany people don't want to know they're in the midst of a, a well I was going to say, well, it, it's a revolutionary at that point for the, for the Germans because mm -hmm. you've got the Weimar Republic comes in and there's a worry they're going to fall to Bolshevism or, or socialism or you know, will, will become communism. Um, I'm really simplifying it, so apologies. I mean, I did a bit of Cold War stuff, so try to simplify it so it's not too too heavy for anybody listening. Uh, mm -hmm. Although you're listening to a review of All Quiet on the Western Front, if you're not here for a little bit of fact to you. You're not here for, I was going to say good time. You're not here to kind of like heart it <laughs> Um, You know, I, and I think Kat says something like, oh, would I be happy here, happier here with you, with the guys, you know, eating fried potatoes unpeeled because it's another joke where you see them, you know, peeling potatoes, mm. um, which I thought was, what are potatoes in German? Is it kartoffel? Kartoffel? Kartoffel. Yeah, I see, I've seen the pianist, so I know a lot of Germany <laughs> things. Uh, World War, uh, Second World War film. 
Um, brilliant film. Um, then again, another film that I probably I absolutely I love that film, but I don't know if I would review it because it would be very much like this, whereas it's not. It's it's interesting to talk about, but it's not particularly enjoyable. Do you know what I mean? I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying. <laughs> it's not a cheerful subject. Yeah, certainly. yeah, yeah. That's a better way of putting it. Yeah. Um, it's not a date night film. <laughs> no, it certainly is not. Um, no, no, it isn't. I, I mean, if you want to have them leaving, then yes, but no, no, it certainly isn't. Um, oh, and there's um, I love how like you see the difference between the you know Powell and the the. I say older soldiers in inverted commas, um, where they seem more to be older, seasoned, more seasoned yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. more experienced. You have a good way with words, and I, I need somebody like you to keep me on track. Um, <laughs> and you, you know, he says something like, "Oh, we've we've got a company of children coming in." Um, and, and it's that, so true, they are. Yeah, um, there's that brilliant scene where the the general. There's loads of brilliant scenes. That scene where the general arrives and the the they're playing the trumpet and no one pays any attention. No one even looks. <laughs> no one even looks up. Everyone's like busy sorting things out. And I thought that was that was great. Um mm. like you said earlier, it doesn't shy away from the horror. Gas canisters and the scene where it's like stupid boys, they took their masks off too soon. Um did oh, that. Oh, no. Yeah. Because the, the music in that part, <laughs> the music in that part's so ominous, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, the music's so ominous, and you because you know, like I said, you know something's something bad's happened, and they're, what... and they're so changed by that point. I think that's the thing that stood out the most to me. Yeah, from like between him breaking down, crying over his friend with the glasses, to that scene where they're just kind of you don't register an emotion at that point. They're like, oh, well, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah well he shouts like, wow shouts. they've been you know they're they're changed forever <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely he shouts cat doesn't he if you that's all he says he shouts cat like he doesn't know what to do and then cats mm-hmm. arrive and says oh you know germany germany will soon be empty i think it's the line he says yeah yeah um because at this point deutschland wird leer i think it was in the that what does that translate as? Germany is will be empty. Deutschland wird leer. Yeah, oh, just awful. You, mm-hmm. you, you get that feeling at this point. Um, that that really it's it's not going well for them. But the the generals. The, I mean, you can understand why it's been it's been four it's years. Losing a very young population too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it it is enough. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's the minute you start thinking about it, it's it's, it's absolutely horrible. I mean, it it and I, what I liked about this film is is it it could be applied to anybody. It doesn't because it's the First World War, and I think there's a there's a I think Cat says it at a certain point. He gets a lot of the best lines. To be fair, um, they're talking about how the 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 enemy saying he he we don't want to be here. They don't want to be here. Nobody wants to be here. It's that feeling of, you know, that you get when you, if, if anybody does go and you see the cemeteries, you know, whether it's the Germans or the French or the, or the you know, the British or the Canadian, or the, you know, uh, the Australian, the New Zealand, that could go on. Uh, you go to these places and you see where people are buried or where there's the massive memorials to the missing because mm. hundreds of thousands went missing uh, because of the nature of the war. Um, it, it makes you think 
Uh, what a waste! Just, just mm. what an absolute waste. Um, and you are you also think what I don't know what was this all for? But I mean, the what there was right. when you look at the history, there was a legitimate reason for for the war to happen. It's not like they just decided one day. But none of them wanted to be there. It doesn't matter what you know, what what nationality, what ethnicity they were, whether they, they were whether they were a, a Gurkha uh, or a, or an Indian sepoy, or you know somebody from England or somebody from Scotland or Canada, um, America of America of course. Um, I think I think if I'm right if I'm right in thinking, the Americans allowed soldiers to be repatriated, which means if you had enough money. You could bring your boy home. The remains yeah. back, mm-hmm. uh, which which, well, obviously French they were on their land for the most part, um, but the British didn't do. Um, the, the, yeah, anyway, um, God, that's such a dep- it's just it's it's not exactly uplifting, is it? But I mean, it just <laughs> makes you think. Um, you know, all, all these men alongside each other, and there's just Germans uh, in the British cemeteries as well because uh, the British. Uh, when I say the British, I mean all the the Allied forces, really. But the British decided, right, what we're going to do is we're going to go, uh, we're going to find where these cemeteries are, and we're, we're going to build a proper cemeteries. And renowned architects got involved. The uh, and they took out all the British from German cemeteries because you can imagine they were all mixed in all over the place, mm-hmm. they fought over the same land for years. Um, whereas the Germans didn't do that. So when you go to some cemetery, well, a lot most most. Uh, British cemeteries are uh, there are German soldiers in there um, because that you see the gravestones um, and I can't read German but I'm pretty sure it says uh, oh, what does it say it, is it the ones you sent me the picture of I can take a look um, it's not one of those I'll see if hand. I can find it it's it's like it's Ein is it Ein Deutsch Krieger or something like that it's, it, it's busy at, at an unknown a German Deutsch, a German yeah a German warrior i think would be more exact more right. precise for krieger i see i was just seeing if i could uh, i could find whether i'd uh, not that i took any pictures of um feel bridge. free to send me anything you ever want translated <laughs> yeah no problem at all it was um yeah uh yeah well i said i sent those uh those pictures over because that that's langremark uh I'll, I'll put some of these on instagram if people are interested um and, and Twitter as well. Um, that it's Langemark. Uh, I think it's Lang Langemark. Sorry, um, uh, German cemetery is this the biggest German cemetery of the, think of the First World War. Um, but what the Germans did in nineteen fifty. Well, I say the Germans. I should be more specific. The West German, the West Germany, because West Germany, East Germany, West Germany decided they were going to close a lot of these cemeteries because the British saw it was the Imperial War Graves Commission. Uh, it then it later on because of Imperial Empire it became the com uh, the Commonwealth uh, Graves Commission. That's the Br- the British side of things. We pay for the upkeep of those cemeteries uh, through our taxes mm. uh, automatically. Uh, whereas the Germans, it was all voluntary, so it wasn't the money wasn't kind of there. Um, mm. So they decided to shut like ninety percent of their cemeteries. So that um, there's a picture. Um, where there's like there's this tiny little square of grass, um, where like I think it's like is it like twenty one thousand or 
12,000 soldiers are there all in that one tiny spot. And the headstones have like three to six names on each um, mm. of all these different soldiers. It's And the German cemeteries, whereas the British ones, and the British, a lot of the other, uh, I shouldn't just say British, but I, I'm just encompassing all when I say that. All the other cemeteries, they, they were very open and light and airy. Um, the, uh, and the headstones, it's all white and all upstanding. The Germans, their headstones sit flat to the ground. Uh, and they created their cemetery to be like a copse in the woods, like a clearing in the middle of a wood. Mm-hmm. But the problem, not the problem, it's the wrong word, but one of the issues of that is when you go into the German cemetery, um, because there's lots of trees, it feels very dark and very overcast, even on a sunny day because of the shadows that the, the trees cast. So it's very, and it's not as, it's not unkempt, but it's not as well-kempt as the well-kept as the, the other uh, cemeteries so it feels mm-hmm. it's the very strange feeling in those um it's sad kind of like they're very forgotten yes yeah absolutely and almost you like abandoned you know by yeah. the by yeah. the place that they served but yeah. i suppose with the uh, germany was pretty bankrupt after the war i believe if if i'm not mistaken so yeah, yeah they I guess, were. I suppose that's um, understandable it takes money to bring you know takes a lot of money to bring bodies home and it does you know it's very interesting i want to look up some interviews with daniel Bruhl because he's been you know he's now produced this film uh, and he's been in a number of movies that have to do with one war or the other and he is uh spanish german and jewish as well so it's must be very interesting yeah just being him and and an actor portraying these roles you know <laughs> yeah he does he does very well with what he's given he he, he has mm-hmm. he has a very small pl- uh, part to play mm-hmm. but it's a very important one like his his whole story isn't from the book um mm-hmm. they they had this in to give it a little bit of um a little bit a bit of historical um context and, if you will yeah and Joyu Noel, he plays a much bigger role, and he's um, sort of the general in charge ah, of the German side there. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. I think it must be must be interesting playing these roles where you're playing a German soldier who would have, you know, a generation or two ago. He might not have survived long enough to to become an actor. Yeah, yeah, it's um, well, it's it's when I when I was looking at um a lot of the gravestones, a lot of them are younger than I am now, so it puts mm-hmm. into perspective they didn't really get a chance at life, regardless of you know the age. And you you see some of them, uh, you know, eighteen, and you just think, dear me, this this it's a kid, mm-hmm. just a kid, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean the film. I mean I don't have much more to say about it really i mean the um you know he he, he dies uh, powell gets stabbed and dies moments after the armistice um his dog tags taken by the young soldier who looks pretty much a lot like he did when he first arrived mm-hmm. um and the credits play in silence and i did notice kind of i don't know about you but as the credit the credits played and i don't say this to sound dramatic um or anything like that because it's just not the way i do things but all I could hear was my own like heartbeat, my own breath, like my own breathing. 
and it felt like I'd been through, you know, a, a, a bit of an ordeal, as much as an ordeal as you can have watching a film and safety and security, you know. Um, that that was, I thought that was, um, there's a tiny bit of music and then it's all in silence. Mm. That was pretty, because it feels like a film where you really do need to have a minute or two to kind of bring yourself back to, oh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. Um, because watching the film, you f- it's a, you felt very involved. Uh, I did at least when you're watching it, the way it's filmed. A lot of the time, you kind of you could almost imagine yourself there. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's Especially not... with the the nature of the score being so, I mean, the score is almost. I mean, I don't want to say too loud, but if you compare it to other scores, it it's very. It is a little bit louder, I think, than most movie scores. They tend to be in the background and this is almost very you know in the foreground and then for that you know main character dies and then silence during the credits that's yeah. you know very stark stark contrast yeah yeah and it could you know it's a double whammy because it comes after cats dies because they go back to the farmer and uh powell makes a bit of a bit of a mess of things and um they manage to get away and you see the farmer's son looking very vengeful and uh, he shoots cats in the woods and he, he only catches him with a little bit of like shotgun pellet um mm. but as we find out when Paul gets him back to the aid station it's a direct hit to the liver mm. and it's you know poisoned his, his blood and he's, and he's dead so yeah um that was told him he'd been carrying a dead guy and he that was harsh that he shouldn't have wasted his time carrying the dead guy oh well yeah that's the thing and then he, mm. he look and then it's like the scene where it's just these small moments that really make the film become something more very humanizing. Yeah. Well, look at that scene where his friend kills himself, and I won't describe how, but oh dear. Mm-hmm. Um and they look up and they they try they're trying to save him and then they can't. And they look up and there's that German soldier in like a bed near them who's like picked up one of their soup and he's just eating it. And it's just, mm. just like and it shows how um, a damage the all that, and it it did make mm-hmm. me wonder. And I don't know why it's never occurred to me before, but it does make you wonder. And I won't really deep dive into this, to be fair, because um, this damaged generation, they might not have been damaged in body, although a lot of them were, mm-hmm. but they were damaged in mind. And it does make you wonder how much of an impact did that have upon what happens in Germany within you know the next couple of decades i, I don't know it was just something that it was paused in my head and i, th- I think daniel Brühl says it when he says to the general you know this piece will be hated um this is a dictate this piece will be hated he's trying to kind of ask them for a little bit of clemency which mm-hmm. is a strange thing to ask you know when you've invaded a country but <laughs> what he's saying is look if you if you impose this upon us you it's a humiliation, and that's how it came to be seen by Germany, especially uh, because they're they were a very honor the the very honor bound country, um, which is again difficult for a mod, you know modern mind to understand. Um, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. lots of lots of things to think of. Very thought provoking film. Um, Sorry, I don't feel like I've let you talk at all, Paisley. I do apologize. Oh, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. 
um i just i thought it would be interesting to 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 review with yourself um sorry if you feel like you've just been listening an awful lot of this. <laughs> no, no not at all it's good you click off be like i'm not talking this guy again doesn't let me get a, <laughs> doesn't let me get a word in you know i mean it's so hard to add much to that you know and uh i guess it just kind of makes me think on a on Bosnia, I visited Bosnia, Bosnia not long after the war, and just seeing, seeing what a you know, the fresh impacts of a war zone on a place, and watching a movie like this and thinking, oh, that's you know, it's very, very honest, and it just sort of you know, it honestly just makes me go back to that and just the things I saw there and how grim it all is you know you were talking about gravestones and and whatnot and I, I think the thing that um struck me the most when I was in Sarajevo is we you know passed a number of cemeteries there were there were quite a few cemeteries where all the all the headstones were basically died within the the same three-year period yeah and it's just you know, war is a heavy, heavy thing that I don't think that people can really comprehend. Even just seeing, you know, that much—it's—it's it's beyond the comprehension of somebody who hasn't been there. And I'm sure that you know, I cannot imagine what you know. My friend who who grew up there, and um, the reason I went to visit. Uh, Sarajevo's because I have a, a friend who I went to school with who actually came to my university to flee the war mm -hmm. and then we went to visit him and it's just like you know I've always felt that there's there's this the way as, as good friends as we were and as much time as we used to spend together there's always just this part of him that I could never understand yeah you know and, and it just it's an unspeakable thing and it, it changes people I'm sure forever in a way that that most of us could never comprehend. Yeah, because that's that's <laughs> what I always think oh, of when no. I watch these films. It's like this this is just the most unspeakable horror, and and why do we keep doing it? <laughs> well, that that can't, that's a whole yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a whole another well, podcast. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> how how do you? I, well, we don't. We just we don't learn. We we don't learn. Mm -mm um yeah uh no i thank you paisley it's it's been it's been great um uh would you like to tell <laughs> i'm so <laughs> like so I've, I've enjoyed it but like, you know when you just like you really you've been you think oh god that was heavy um no uh, would, heavy. You, <laughs> would you would you like to tell everybody um what your podcast is all about uh where they can find it and yeah shameless plug section of the podcast go for it <laughs> I almost feel awful trying to plug my podcast after this, but um, yeah, learn German through music on Spotify. Um, if you need a palate cleanser after this, we have at least a few humorous episodes um, where we take uh, I take German songs and teach the vocabulary from them, and also if there's anything 
that's a cultural reference or historical reference uh, within the song, then I talk a little bit about that as well. It's just a fun way to learn the language. So if you learn in German, uh, drop on by and, and give us a listen. You know, it's like flashcards in a song form. It's <laughs> a lovely way to describe it. <laughs> yeah. But no, thanks, Paisley, for coming on. Um, thanks, thanks to everybody. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Um, thank you for your time. I, I Honestly, I really appreciate it. Um, thanks to everyone for listening. If you've made it to the end, spot on go go listen to a part of cleanser of pays one of Paisley's episodes or one of my elder episodes if you if you, if you just like you know a bit of brevity a little bit of a, a little bit of a laugh or, or you know um but if there's nothing else this film gives you you know yes it's quite a harrowing watch but it might make you think you know it could be oh no that nah, it doesn't matter i was gonna i was I think I think films like this are important to watch. Yeah. Not you know, you don't go into it for the entertainment, certainly, but I think it's important to try to give yourself a feel for some of the darker parts of history. I think it's it's just an important thing to learn. Certainly better than having to learn it firsthand. Yeah, absolutely. And and if you wanted to start off with a World War One film, if you know nothing about it, you could do a lot worse. It's quite it's mm-hmm. historically holds up really well in terms of the facts and things. So yeah, I would I'd recommend it. I don't do ratings, but I'd recommend it. And mm-hmm. you know, it will get you thinking about. I'm not religious, but you know the the old phrase there. But for the grace of God, go I. Mm-hmm. Um, th- yeah, that's 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 my final thought on it. But thanks to everyone for listening. And uh, catch you again. Thanks, Paisley. Thank you.